What's up, everybody? How you doing? How you living? This is Austin Cunningham coming at you with another great planned episode of Talking Football with the one and only Justin Treese. And we've determined that he is actually the only one in North America that is registered with the name Justin Treese just because he has stolen every single social media account and email or tag that you can have with the first and last name. So congratulations to this guy. And is also looking pretty sharp with a brand new haircut, with a fresh cut and fade, a beard trimming. You're looking good, man. Thanks, man. I, I, I go to a fantastic barber. So for all you guys that uh, live in Utah, shoot me a, shoot me a text. Slide into my DMs, and I'll uh, I'll send you to the right guy. What what's his name? I mean, you gotta at least plug his name. I want to hear it. His name's Eric Stone. He's he's pretty badass. He's a good guy. <laughs> Has he got an Instagram page or any social media that shows off his haircuts? There you go. I like it. Yes, it is actually he his work has one. He's the owner of the barber shop, and it's at Salt Lake Barber Company. Oh, Salt Salt Lake. Yes, as in like the city that we live in, Salt Lake. Well, at first I thought you said Salt Lick, and I was like, I mean, that's kind of clever, but uh, excuse me there, smartass. Trying to give some promotional value here. Totally. Wanted to make sure I had a clear understanding of what was going on. Yeah, I mean, we're creative like that here in Utah, though. Like, we call it Sack Lake City for getting sacks for the Utah Utes. Nice. Right on. Nice. Totally. <laughs> nice. Uh, anywho, we got a great episode, like I said, already planned out. We have spent hours and I'm, and this isn't an over exaggeration like we have spent literally hours working on this and putting it together and i think it's something that we are very proud of i'm extremely proud of it trace what about you dude i am so excited for this like you said hours i, I think we're probably at 10 hours almost on this whole segment and it is so difficult some people are gonna eat us alive for how low or high we have people until I'm going to tell you to go do it, and then you're going to realize how hard it actually is. Yeah, they're going to spend 30 seconds criticizing about 15 hours of work put into this. So uh, can't wait for that to happen. Do we want to go ahead and jump on into this, or do you have a little tree savius for us or anything? Or we no ready to roll, dude? Yeah, man, let's just do this. I'm so excited for this that I didn't even think about tree savius because I'm so excited for it. <laughs> well, hey. Just do it. Just like this swoosh says, we're not going to say the official name because there's no free ads here, baby. No free ads. If you would like to sponsor the Talking Football Podcast, please reach out to Treese or I. We would gladly accept it and, and very highly promote your advertisement. Sorry, I do have one thing. A uh, new thing that I'm doing, uh, me and a couple of my buddies that I wanted to promote here. For all of you guys, you don't even have to live in Utah. doesn't matter where you're from. In October, we are going to do a college football golf tournament ran by college football fans. Basically meaning we want all of you college football fans that also like to golf to come out to St. George, Utah. We're going to do a weekend full of golf. We're going to basically have two tournaments on a Friday and a Saturday. We're going to run a big thing. We're going to have drinks. We'll have dinner for everybody. Basically a thirty to forty dollar buy-in. We're still figuring out the exact price and then the green fees. But then other than that, you guys just come down, have a whole bunch of fun golfing. We'll be all meeting up at a certain house. My parents have a house down there. We'll probably meet up there, and it's got a swimming pool, hot tub, all that. So you guys can either play in the pool or just watch games for the weekend night games, and it's gonna be a good time. So anybody that wants in on that. Either DM me or you can follow the Twitter account or Instagram account. Uh, I think it's at Cup Crimson or at Crimson Cup, depending on which one you're at. Damn, that's awesome. I uh, would definitely love to make that. If this is something you'd be interested in, hit them up and go tear it up on the golf course and see if you can truly hit that ball over there, the mountains. Because golfing in Utah looks absolutely gorgeous, and I cannot wait to do it here soon. But let's get right into our top 100 we are going to start at number 100, player 100. This guy is ranked the 100th best player in the NFL, according to Talking Football, a.k.a. Treason Austin right now. And this guy is Mr. Trey Flowers, formerly of the New England Patriots, two-time Super Bowl winner, correct? Now playing for the Detroit Lions. 
This dude dominated for the Patriots. And the reason we have him at 100 and not any higher is because his sacks numbers were not as high at 21 over the last three years. But he does have 164 tackles, which is very impressive for a defensive lineman, even with the Patriots, due to the amount of stunts that they run and you just not being a primary guy for them. That's impressive to us. And so that is why we have Trey Flowers at number 100. Going into number 99, Trace, I will let you go into this. Yeah, number 99, we have Trent Williams, the left tackle for the Washington Redskins. One of the most athletic left tackles in the NFL. Always consistently low low penalty numbers for him. And, man, all you really have to do is just look at his Madden rating. I think it's about 94 overall right now, so Madden agrees with us here. Honestly, they're probably higher on him than we are. Uh, we just think that there are better offensive linemen out there, but he is too good to not be in the top 100 players for us. Couldn't couldn't disagree with you there. Uh, going into number 98, this is the guy that Therese named his own his own creation after of. His newborn son, <laughs> Miles Jack is our number 98 player. This guy doesn't miss plays. He has over 100 tackles. He's got huge fumble recoveries and big game moments, returning them for touchdowns and interceptions in the prime moments of games. That is the reason why this guy is number 98 on our list. And, Treese, I'm sure you have a couple more things you'd like to say about this guy that I I maybe didn't promote as highly as you would. Yeah, so obviously I love this guy. Probably my favorite player in the NFL. But... When you look at it, there are just better overall players. But what we love about Miles Jack, like Austin said, is he makes the big play in big key moments of big games. You look at the playoff run in 2017, intercepting Big Ben multiple times, causing fumbles, recovering fumbles. Early in the year, they were playing the Jets. They were losing. He picks up a fumble, takes it 82 yards to the house, gets them back into the game. Just He does so many things. Athletic freak. A lot of people... You don't know he was a running back in college, given he did play a linebacker as well, but it wasn't full time. So he's still growing and learning how to play that position. And this year, there's no Telvin Smith. So we're, we're going to really see what he can do this year being the guy there. Moving on to number 97, we have actually our second Lions player here, and that is Darius Slay, the 2017 co-interception leader. Everybody knows who Slay is. He he is a force on that defense. He really does lock down one side of the field. And for me, the only reason he's not higher is really because that defense, given they were sixth overall last year, but besides that, they haven't been as great. And I think over the year, he gets worn down in the sense of, I'm doing my part and maybe the rest of the team isn't. And he might give up a few plays that really he wouldn't in this case of them being in a playoff run but you got to just see the whole defense in a in a key moment to see how he does throughout a full season and speaking of good defensive players that can shut down a side of the football field this is miles garrett and this is going to be a guy that we we discussed before we even came on air of we're probably going to take some heat for this but when we really started comparing him to the guys that we have you know above him within our are what our top hundred or our top ninety-five players? He just didn't seem to make that mark. So we have him here at ninety-six. He's had twenty and a half sacks his first two years, seventy-five tackles. That's a, I mean, that's a great player. That's a good guy. But we want to see more. We want to see more for him to be ranked higher. And I don't think we're the only ones that feel like this when you take kind of a step back from the hype and the name and where he was drafted and what that team has ultimately become. And I'm not sitting here talking smack, so do not think that. But Miles Garrett is our 96th ranked player. Now we're going to hit the fifth guy, 95. Yeah, technically our sixth guy, but that's fine. So the, <laughs> he is Rodney Hudson, the center for the Oakland Raiders. Nobody knows about this guy, right? He's just a center on a team in the West Coast. Not a lot of people talk about him. He was a second-round pick by your Kansas City Chiefs, actually. And he's arguably, in my opinion, the second best, maybe third best center in the NFL. And I think a lot of people will start to recognize him if that Oakland Raiders offense starts to become something next year. With them being an average offense last year, not a lot of people are talking about how great 
he was particularly, but I think he'll become a big name guy next year. Absolutely. Um, Desmond King is our 94th ranked player. First team all pro slot corner. One of the toughest positions to play in the NFL. But this guy did it at an extremely high level and did a fantastic job of it as well, especially with the guys that he already has around him with the Los Angeles Chargers. <clears throat> Excuse me. Playing against guys like Tyree Kill, playing against the receivers that are in um, Oakland, who's going to be coming up. I mean, he was guarding Amari Cooper at times. You know, the fast guys that the Raiders love to have, and with the Broncos as well. This guy stepped up and did what he needed to do in big moments of games, and that's why he is our 94th ranked player. Going into 93rd, Therese, who do you have listed, or who do we have listed there? We have Lane Johnson. I, apparently, I'm going with all the offensive linemen so far. But Lane Johnson, the right tackle out of the Philadelphia Eagles, he had zero holding penalties called against him last year, and he played 15 of the 16 games. Just an unbelievable stat right there. And a lot of people that that don't know, he was a quarterback in college. He got recruited to be a quarterback and then moved to, I believe, tight end his sophomore year and then his junior and senior year moved over to left tackle. Great, has, great athlete. It has been absolutely tremendous. Zero holding calls in a season. I'm glad we found that stat because that's kind of the reason why I mean, that's what we started to use our bases on. Is this guy really a top puncher player? Well, when you look at his stats and you see the production that he's had and the length of his career, absolutely. So for us, that that's awesome to have him at 93. Going to our 92nd player, Damian Harrison. Snacks. Snacks. I'm sure you've seen the Vine. I'm sure you've seen the meme before. This guy eats up the middle. He has rushing defense. Went from around 25th in the NFL to top 10. Once he was traded to Detroit, the guy's an impact player. He makes plays. He is a reason that the Detroit Lions are going into the season as maybe one of the under, you know, not being talked about as high. They're being undervalued here for sure. But between Harrison and Trey Flowers this next season, the Detroit Lions are going to be looking pretty good moving forward. Yeah, I totally agree. At 91, we have our first skill player of the list. And that is Jarvis Landry, the wide receiver out of the Cleveland Browns. Everybody knows this stat. He has the most catches in NFL history in his first four seasons. It, he, he's a catching machine, but the thing has always been, he, it's not for a lot of yards. He's not averaging a, yard, a lot of yards per catch. I can't remember the exact stat, but it was crazy low in uh, Miami one year where he was averaging, I think it was like, Eight, cat, eight yards per catch, just something just super low, which it's unbelievable he's getting all the catches and he's making the big, you know, the big first downs that they need, the big plays. But for me to be in that higher tier, you got to be making the the deep plays, right? The big time plays that you're going to need, that the splash plays, I guess, is the word I'm looking for. And the same thing can be said about our next guy here. Within our top, our first 10 players, 9,200, Rounding out the top 90 is Byron Jones, cornerback for the Dallas Cowboys. He's not really had, you know, high interception rankings, but what he has done is slow down a lot of top-end wide receivers in the NFL, and that's exactly what you need your corner to do. So let's go ahead and run through our top 90 here. We have Trey Flowers at 100, 99, Trent Williams, Miles Jack at 98, Darius Slay at 97, Miles Garrett at 96, Rodney Hudson at 95, Desmond King 94, Lane Johnson at 93, Damian Harrison at 92, our top skill player, Javaris Landry at 91, and then our, I believe, our second corner at 90 with Byron Jones. Now hitting the 80s mark, a guy that we've kind of talked a lot of smack on, but he deserves to be here. And, Trace, I'm going to let you take it away. It is our third Cleveland Brown, and that is Baker Mayfield, the number one overall pick in last year's draft. What, what more can you say? The kid makes unbelievable plays out of the pocket. He's changed that entire culture, and he's he's got some amazing touch. A lot better touch than kind of what I was thinking that he would have. That's why I had Sam Darnold ranked ahead of him in the draft. He's a lot better than what I anticipated, and another big year from him, and with the weapons he has, you expect a big year. I could see next year us talking about him a lot higher. Like I'm talking like 50, if not higher. Yeah, I will agree with you there. He has played tremendously well for the Browns. He's been the guy that they need. Would love to see the interceptions kind of drop 
uh, quite a bit more, I think, that'll happen with the new offensive scheme and the weapons that he has around him in Cleveland now. Our number 88, the number of Tony Gonzalez, the great Tony Gonzalez. We have here in our top 88 player, A.J. Bouye. He did not allow a single touchdown two years ago. This last year, he allowed a couple, but between him and Jalen Ramsey, man, they just shut down the sides of the field. And then you have to deal with the Jaguars linebackers in the middle who we already have at 99 with Miles Jack. The Jaguars are a scary team, man. And to have two players in the top 85, or excuse me, in the top 80, is pretty impressive for the Jaguars going forward. We do have at least maybe one, two, three, four, five, not one, not two, you know, guys for the Jaguars here in our top 100. And we're getting A.J. Bowie out of the way here. Pretty good way just down the list. You said it perfectly. I love that guy. All right, moving on to 87, Malcolm Jenkins, the safety out of the Eagles, the leader of that defense, the captain. He he led that team to the Super Bowl there a couple years ago, and last year he had an even better year. 97 tackles as a safety is insane. Like It is incredible. We have a safety, not to spill the beans or anything, but we got a safety that we'll talk about here in a little bit that had over 100 tackles a couple years ago, which was unbelievable. So... Uh, Malcolm Jenkins, man, he's, I'm, I'm still shocked that the Saints let him walk a few years ago. It's crazy. I don't understand why they would, but they had a reasoning and it's, it's kind of worked out well for them, <laughs> honestly, but it's been great for the Eagles to have them. Um, number 86, David DeCastro, man, he has been the heart and soul of that offensive line for the Pittsburgh Steelers. He's definitely the leader of that offensive line. Definitely one of the leaders for that team. He's a mean guy, and let me tell you something. He doesn't allow sacks, and that's great for Big Ben. You know, he can take some hits, but when you can limit those shots that he takes, that's a pretty good thing. And having DeCastro here at 86 is a good thing as well, especially with the Pittsburgh Steelers and our offensive line moving forward. Treese, who is our next guy within the Talking Football Top 100? At 85, we have a guy that used to be in the Top 20 year in, year out when he was with the Seattle Seahawks. And that's Richard Sherman. He's not what he used to be. Everybody recognizes that. But I think everybody was very impressed on the way he returned from that Achilles injury last year for the 49ers. He really started playing very well, really started shutting down that side of the field that he's always on. I believe it's the left side of the field. Still talking, doing what he does, but he just he was always a little bit slower than everybody, but his just his back pedal was so good that he that's how he was sticking with everybody. I think that with age, it's going to start catching up to him a little bit, but he's still so good technique-wise that he had to be in our top 85. Absolutely. Moving forward to 84, I believe our second quarterback on the list, Matthew Stafford, quarterback of the Detroit Lions. Seven out of the last eight seasons, he's thrown for over 4,200 yards. He's had 49 seasons, throwing over 29 touchdowns. The dude puts up numbers, and what he does do for the Detroit Lions is he comes back in the big moments of games. One of the top quarterbacks in the NFL with the most comebacks in the fourth quarter. I mean, it's impressive enough. I just feel like they're always missing that one key piece for the Lions to just kind of get over the hump. But I'm expecting a big year for Matthew Stafford this next year, and this is why we have him at 84 on our list. Man, maybe we should be higher on the Lions, man. That's four guys between 80 and 84 that are on the Lions, and we're disrespecting them a little bit. They might be a little bit better than I expected. It's just I that believe, division is so hard. I believe I've said it. Like I think the Lions are going to be better than people think, especially in the North. Matt Patricia is changing the culture of that team. And, yeah, the Lions are going to be good next year, dude. That entire NFC North is. It's going to be fun to watch it for sure. I totally agree with you. All right, in 83, I believe this, I think we only have two, maybe three guys that were rookies last year. Yeah, three guys? Yeah, I think we had three guys that were rookies last year, maybe four. But this is one of them, and that is Leighton Vanderesh, the linebacker for the Dallas Cowboys. The guy had 140 combined tackles, which was shocking to me. I knew we had a really good year, but... That was a little bit more than I expected. I was thinking it was going to be more like that 115 to 120 range. But, and I, uh, me and you were a little shocked here. I thought Jalen Smith was going to be the one with these stats and Van Der Esch would have the Jalen Smith stats, but they were, they were swapped. And I have to put respect and where those stats lie, really. 
I mean, he's going to be the guy that comes in and fills the void of Sean Lee. I mean, Sean Lee is a is a good player, a great player for the Dallas Cowboys, but he just can't seem to get away from the injuries. Like, the injury bug is just stuck to him at this point. And Leighton Vandress did an exceptional job last year, and Sean Lee just admitted that about midway through the season. Like, hey, this is his team now. Like, this is his defense. They came into the year with a neck injury that they were scared about. Boy, he left that season with a howl after each tackle and, you know, might be the star of the Dallas Cowboys defense, and they already have plenty of them. But Tracy did a good job covering that. Sorry, I decided to give a 2.0 version of it. (laughs) Number 82, Larry Fitzgerald. The Larry Fitzgerald. Over his entire career, he has had 17 drops. Let me say that again. Larry Fitzgerald has been in the NFL forever, it seems like. Forever. A little sandlot there for you, Trace. 17 drops in his career. That's astonishing. And by the time it's all said and done, he's going to be second all-time, and his blocking is absolutely incredible. I mean, the guy is doing everything that his team needs, catching the ball, making plays, yards after the catch, blocking i mean he just does all the little things but he does all the big things well too and that's why we have him at 82 and i kind of feel like we should have him a little higher i do too we that was a tough one he kind of just kept sliding on the guys that we're naming and how about this i'm gonna give these guys a little spoiler larry fitzgerald is the only offensive player from the arizona cardinals that is in our top 100 take that for what it's worth number 81 we have another cornerback and that is Casey Hayward of the Los Angeles Chargers. This guy's a shutdown corner, all pro, pro bowler in 2017. Not this year, last year. And it's I think it's more because people just weren't throwing at him. They realize how good he is, and he's just not going to put up the stats. And I think that's why guys like Desmond King ended up making the pro bowl from that team rather than him because they had to attack somewhere, and then King was getting the stats. But... I think everybody on in the NFL recognizes the talent that Hayward has and what he's actually doing on his side of the field. 100%. Going to our 80th player, and I'll run down through our top 80 here as soon as I get done, but this is a guy who created the Legion of Boom. This is a guy who's a freak of nature for the defensive side of the ball, a guy that was a part of the Texas Longhorns. I've been watching him since I've, you know, since I've seen him play, and this is Earl Thomas. This is a guy who almost ended up with my favorite team in the NFL, the Kansas City Chiefs. Having a guy that plays for your favorite college team and your favorite NFL team, a.k.a. Jamal Charles, you could have had, I could have had the same thing with Earl Thomas, but just missed it. This guy is our 80th player. He probably would have been higher if he doesn't break his leg against the Arizona Cardinals, which sucks because he was definitely going to Kansas City. I'm getting over it. I'm moving on from it. But within our top 80 to 90 players, we had an 89, Baker Mayfield, 88, A.J. Bouye, 87, Malcolm Jenkins, 86, David Castro, 85, Richard Sherman, 84, our second quarterback, Matthew Stafford, in the top 80, Leighton Vandresh at 83, Larry Fitzgerald at 82, Casey Hayward at 81, and the great Earl Thomas at 80. Therese, let's go ahead and get in the 70s. Yeah, 79. We got another wide receiver, and it's the Super Bowl MVP. Julian Edelman, and this guy came into the NFL as a quarterback for college, right? Transitioned to wide receiver during the, the draft process. He's got fantastic hands. Everybody already knows this. Not the best athlete in the world, but he is so shifty. He knows how to get open, and he's Tom Brady's go-to guy in big moments. He, he was even more of a go-to guy than Gronk. He really was. He's his outlet. And if you can be that type of guy for the greatest quarterback of all time, you know you're talented and you know you're good. And we couldn't, we could not have him not in our top 80. Honestly, we were trying to get him into the top 75, but it was just these guys were getting to really, really good players and we had our arguments against him. But he did make it into our top 80. Absolutely. You hit up on every point that I could have even said. So we'll move right on to player 78, our 78th ranked player in the top 100 of the Talking Football podcast. We have Cam Newton. This guy's already won an MVP. He's already been to a Super Bowl. He's one of the best running quarterbacks in the NFL. 
And if he doesn't start fighting with the shoulder injury last season, we're probably having him higher on this list because he started off the year pretty hot. And they have some weapons now in Carolina, and they added to it. Cam Newton's going to be probably higher on this list than he is this last season if we do this again next year, which I think we already should. So we're calling it now. We're doing it again next year. Cam Newton's most likely going to be higher, bearing injury. But moving on to our 76th, or excuse me, our 77th player. We have Dak Prescott. So we got back-to-back quarterbacks here. You guys that listen to this, you guys know the stats on Dak. We did a comparison with him and Wentz. Dak has the better, literally everything. Winning percentage, passing, yards, everything. Uh, One rookie of the year. Look what he's done to that Cowboys team, that offense. They were not what they were before. I mean, they had a top three, four, top four pick in 2016. They get Zeke, they get Dak, and those two really turn that entire franchise around. And a lot of that is due to Dak. So it would be disrespectful to not have him in the top 100. And that guy is going to get paid soon. I, it's just a matter of time. It's Is he going to get paid before the season or is he going to get paid after? We don't know, but it's going to happen sooner rather than later. And those big names that you listed is the knock that we have on Dak. He's been surrounded with a great offensive line, a great running back. <clears throat> Excuse me. A great offensive line, a great running back, and then two pretty stellar wide receivers. And that's, you know, you mentioned Wentz's name, and we haven't said it yet here. But those guys, the, the reasons I just listed is why we have Dak where we do. And then moving on to player 76, Adam Thielen, the wide receiver for the Minnesota Vikings. Eight straight games with 100 yards last season, 1,300 yards total. 1373 to be exact. The guy makes plays, dude. He's reliable. You can trust him. He comes up with big catches and big moments. He comes down with the 50-50 balls. He has gained the trust of uh, Kurt Cousins. I almost said Dirt Cousins for some reason (laughs) from Kurt Cousins. I mean, the guy shows up when you need him, and that's why we have him here. I mean, he deserves to be on this list, and... Let's just keep rolling on to the next one because this has been so much fun. Yeah, so just to go back on to that one real quick, the only reason he's not higher is he really died off at the end of the year, and he is almost 30. He's not—he's new to like NFL fan base names, right? But he's an older player, and so the worry is, is he going to die down at the end of seasons because he's not that young buck? He doesn't got the, the fresh legs anymore. And so that's why he is in the 70s rather than the 50s that I think a lot of people would consider him. Moving on to 75, though, is another offensive lineman for the Eagles, and that's Jason Kelsey. We have talked about him a lot. A lot of our 30 and over team, we both had him as our center. We think that he is such a great leader. And last year, he only had two false starts penalties which is which is good and then but he has started every single game for the last four years and that is why we have him in our top 75 rounding out our top 75 actually because i mean he's available all the time and he's the leader of the offense what more could you ask for the best ability is availability and that's exactly what jason kelsey has i'm going into our next guy jason i almost kind of want you i feel like i keep getting your guys and you're almost getting mine but number 74 Deion jones This guy just got paid the other day, rightfully so. One of the best linebackers in the league. He had 138 tackles last season being healthy. And look at exactly where their defense was. Excuse me, the last healthy season that he had, he had 138 tackles. And look at what their defense was last year without him. Yeah, there were a couple other key players on that defense down, but you noticed that Deion Jones was not on the field. Opposing offenses were getting too many extra yards, getting too many open opportunities across the middle. Deion Jones is the backbone for the Atlanta Falcons defense, and it shows, and this is exactly why he got paid the amount of money that he did. Because back up to Brink Trucks, baby, because they're showing up on his front door now. They really are. And you can ask Drew Brees on this one, man. He he has respected him and says that he always hates playing the the Falcons because of the athleticism that Deion Jones brings to the middle of the field. I know that he's picked him off a few times in his young career. All right, moving on to 73. We have Big Ben here, which a lot of people might say that's really low for a two-time Super Bowl winning quarterback that's still doing great things. He led the NFL in passing yards last year, and we still have him at 73. And really for us, and Austin, you can speak to it if you disagree here. But for me, it's I want to see what he does without 
and Antonio Brown and without a Le'Veon Bell. Now, last year he didn't have Bell, but he still had Brown, right? And and Connor, James Connor was like this unknown, and then he was really, really good. Caught everybody off guard. Now that everybody knows what James Connor is, you only have Juju Smith-Schuster. You don't have two literally all-star Pro Bowl type wide receivers on each side. Let's see what you can do with not that type of weapons. I agree. And the only thing I'll add on to this is Big Ben is getting older. But a, a huge part of him getting older is having – Weapons around him like a great offensive line in Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell. I mean, the three Bs. That's why they got the nickname. I mean, they're all good players. But how's he going to do this next season when he throws the ball up? Is Juju going to go up for the ball every time he come down with it like we saw Antonio Brown do? We don't know. I mean, that's going to be the exciting part of the NFL and especially seeing what happens with Big Ben this next season. But I'm going to go ahead and carry us right into our player number 72 ranked player Joey Bosa the only knock on him is just the injury bug I mean the same thing that we've you know kind of had with some of the other players that are this far down on our list but he's had 10 sacks over the last two seasons he's played in he played in 12 games last year and had 10 and a half sacks the guy's a difference maker for the San Diego or oh my gosh excuse me for the Los Angeles Chargers when he's on the field you notice it and the Chargers have so many other players on their team. I mean, it's hard to say, oh, well, they're better without him. And I believe a stat came out a while back that they are actually better without Joey Bosa. Did you do that, Trees, for Trees Sivia? I did. You sure did. Look at that. I'm plugging it for you. Wow, look at me. Such such a great friend I am. Damn. You are. I'm just plugging plugging all the guys for you here, Therese. But uh, let's head into our 71st ranked player. And that's Andrew Whitworth, the left tackle for the Los Angeles Rams. And he was the, for me, he's the key to that offense. So when McVay got brought on to be the head coach, he was the first player he called during free agency and said, you are going to be the key to my offense being what it's going to be. I have my young quarterback. I have a running back. I have some young wide receivers that I think I can just, as you say, scheme it so they get open, right? Which is true. But I need that leader on the offensive line. I need somebody to be a leader just of the team. Like, my quarterback is too young. My running back is too young. I don't have that, in a sense, adult to help me run this team from a player standpoint. And so, not only is he getting close to all pro, or I think he actually might have been second team all pro last year, but or maybe it was the year before. But he's not only playing well, but he's also just a fantastic leader that we have to put that into account here. Absolutely. And I like how you said, I need an adult for my offensive line because, I mean, that's exactly what they got with this dude. 37 years old, still playing offensive tackle in the NFL. That's impressive enough as itself. We mentioned this guy's name just a little bit ago. Our 70th ranked player for the Talking Football podcast within our top 100 is Juju Smith-Schuster. 1,400 yards last year with only seven touchdowns as a second-year player. That's pretty good when you have Antonio Brown on the opposite side of you. But it also goes to show why the Steelers were still as prominent on the offensive side of the ball as they were, especially without Le'Veon Bell and Antonio Brown going with the issues that he had towards the end of the year. Juju stepped up. That's why the Steelers were so comfortable and ready to get rid of Brown. We don't need to put up with this anymore. We have Juju Smith-Schuster. And I think he's going to do phenomenal this next year for the Steelers, and I think he's going to continue to do what he has done, and that's make plays. I would like to just see more touchdowns. I would like to see more big moments. I don't want this to turn into Julio Jones where he has the yards and the impressive plays and highlights, but we don't ever see him putting points on the board. You know what I mean? We see everyone else getting that credit. Yeah, for sure. And those touchdowns are going to come. 15 went away with Antonio Brown leaving this team. Those 15 have got to go somewhere, right? And say five, say four of them go to Juju. That makes it 10, 12, you know, somewhere in that area. And I think we're talking about him as a top 50 player next year. Or 11 touchdowns, you know, math's hard. I said 10 or 12. Yeah, you're right. I, Whatever. Dude. I just had to get you back. I mean, you did. You did. How many times I, I do I get I, mean, I can't even fight it. I'm just like, yep. Yeah. I actually, did you notice how I stuttered for a second? Because I was like, shit. <laughs> <laughs> you Holy can't be perfect here, Trish. You can't be perfect. Yeah. All right. Let's go through 80 through 70 real quick. So, or actually 79, right? Because we did 80. So, 79, Julian Edelman. 78, Cam Newton. 77, Dak Prescott. 76, Adam Thielen, 75, Jason Kelsey, 74, Deion Jones, 73, Big Ben, 
72, Joey Bosa, 71, Andrew Whitworth, and then 70, like we just said, Juju Smith-Schuster. Moving into our top 70, we are at number 69, which is Travis Frederick. The nice. At 69, nice. <laughs> Travis Frederick, the center for the Dallas Cowboys. He was very high on the NFL Network one last year, and then nobody remembers him because he didn't play last year because he was sick. He got sick during training camp and literally missed an entire year. And honestly, we're probably too low on him. Like now that I'm looking at this, we're probably too low, but it's hard when a guy doesn't play for a full year to really understand where he's still at. So we're going to put him at 69 here and know that he's, I think he is our top rated center. I I believe he is as well. Real quick though, we need, we didn't discuss this when we first started. We are not going off of how they played last year. So we are going to have, some guys on here that were injured last year didn't play an entire season, but they still make the list. This is kind of like a collective group of players that are, we believe, are the top 100 players in the NFL based off stats, you know, the abilities that they have on the field, the game-changing moments that they provide for their team, and that's why we have Travis Frederick here at 69. Nice. But moving on to 68, this is a guy who's had over 1,000 yards every season with over 120 targets a year, and he's had 15 and a half yards per reception. These stats shocked me, and this is Mike Evans. I feel like I don't hear enough about him. I feel like I don't, like, I had no idea that these are his stats or that these are the numbers that he's putting up. Yes, his catch radius or his catching percentage is not that good. I believe it's at 55 and a half um, is about what his average is. That can be a little higher. Yes, he does have some drops. Patrice continues to remind me of that every time I bring up Mike Evans. But the dude, he puts up stats, and he does make plays for the Buccaneers, but he's honestly about all they have. And that might be the reason why we don't hear about him is because there's no one else on that team to kind of help get them more in the public eye. Yeah, 100%. And I think that 68 is a good spot for him. Obviously, that's where we put him, but... That's kind of where I was thinking he would be when we first started this process was in that I was thinking around 75 and 68 is perfect for me. So moving on to 67, we have a guy that could have won the MVP two years ago if he didn't get hurt. Last year got hurt again. It's it's literally injuries. That's the only reason why he's down at easily top 40, probably top 30 if it wasn't for injuries. And that's Carson Wentz. The guy is unbelievable. Last two years, over 101 passer rating, 54 touchdowns, and very close to a 70% completion percentage, which that is all-time stats right there. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. And he's the he's the face of the franchise for the Eagles. That's the reason he got paid the amount he did. Speaking of another guy that's starting to become the face of a team and a defense, DeForest Buckner. He's our 66th-ranked guy um, within our top 100 67 tackles and 12 sacks. I believe this was just last year. And Treese has him listed as definitely one of the most underrated defensive linemen in the league, especially playing for the 49ers. He's been the one guy that they hit on. I think the last five years, they in the first round, they've drafted four people to go on their defensive line. I mean, thank God one of them hit. Maybe hopefully the one that they drafted this year hits as well. But DeForest Buckner has been the bright spot for that 49ers defense, which has just been filled with, it seems to be off field issues. Yeah, exactly. I, I love Buckner. And I think that, I think he doesn't get the credit that he really deserves. It's unbelievable what he does. 12 sacks for a guy that's moving inside and outside. He's not playing the edge all the time. So I think that's an incredible stat there. Moving on to 65. We're starting to get into some, some real athletic playmakers here in this segment. And that's going to start out with Joe Mixon, the running back for the Cincinnati Bengals. You guys all know that I'm high on this guy. I've talked about him a lot. When we did our running back segment, I was arguing to put him further and further along. Last year, almost 1,500 rushing yards, just under, or sorry, 1,500 total yards, excuse me, and nine touchdowns. And he only played 14 games. He missed three games or two games last year. And having that type of stat, is good. You keep up those numbers, he would have been close to 1,800 yards if if not for the injury. I think he's going to have a big year, and it was hard It was hard to find a spot for him, really. It definitely was, just because, you know, kind of the same reason we said with Mike Evans. 
He's in a spot where you're not hearing his name as much, and he's the one bright spot on the team. But because of other issues, his name kind of gets buried from the media or gets taken away from the credit of what he's been doing because of the basis of what he's in. Another guy moving forward to our 64th player is D. Ford. When he's on the field, you know it. I mean, his speed off the edge is tremendous. His hand usage has gotten a lot better. Um, he's gotten better with his hands. A huge part of that can be lessons from Tom Bahali. But he had 13 sacks on the team with the Kansas City Chiefs last year. The Chiefs' defense was awful last year. So for a team to be that bad as a defensive unit and him have 13 sacks, and then you have another guy who also has over 10 sacks, it's difficult to see that happen for him. But him getting a new opportunity, a new chance, a second chance, you know, kind of like a new life with the 49ers, I think that's a great pickup by them, and he got paid. I mean, we're seeing these guys getting paid, and that's good for them. I like to see that. These guys deserve that money with the amount of work that they put in and the, the scrutiny and the media that they deal with. I mean, good for D. Ford. I'm glad to have him here on the 64th-ranked player. Yeah, agreed. At 63, we have a wide receiver for the Indianapolis Colts, and that's T.Y. Hilton. Guy has a receiving title, right, most receiving yards a couple of years ago. He's consistently in the top three to five in receiving yards, except for the year that Andrew Luck missed. And a lot of people just think that he's just this deep threat guy because he's smaller, but he started doing a lot of through the slot and a lot of underneath routes last year. And I think that that's really upped his catches. And then obviously then helped out his yardage. So I think he's an underrated wide receiver and 63 63 may be low, but I, I mean, again, we're getting to spots where you guys are going to start hearing these names and you're like, yeah, I can see why T.Y. Hilton was lower than this. Absolutely. And he's another one of those guys that you just don't really talk about that much. And I don't, I don't know what it is that on why no one is don't, we don't have an answer, but it's a good question, right? Going to our 62nd top rated player, Daniel Hunter the defensive lineman edge player for the Minnesota Vikings. Um, he's a second-team All-Pro guy. He had 72 tackles and 14 and a half sacks last year. That's pretty good. And he's also another one of these guys that I'm just not hearing about that much. But you look this guy up and you watch him play. When he's on TV, you know, I mean, this dude's making plays. He is a difference maker on that Vikings defense. And he might be one of those guys that – is making plays, and no one's just talking about him because of everyone else that they have. Yeah, for sure. I mean, everybody talks about Everson Griffin, the other defensive lineman on that team, and a lot of people might be shocked that we don't have him in our top 100, but he just didn't He just didn't produce as much last year like Hunter did. And so that's kind of just where we're at with him, and we think that Hunter's just the, the younger, better player at this point. Moving on to player 61, a guy that just got paid, as a cornerback for the Denver Broncos, and that is Chris Harris. This guy is arguably the most underrated cornerback in the NFL. This guy has crazy stats. I read one the other day that only one time has a receiver that he's been guarding got over 85 yards on him, which is incredible. Given he does only guard slot guys, so he's not always guarding you know, the number one. He's not even always guarding the number two guys. But to think 85 yards, you would think that, dude, you could slip one time. Guy catches it, takes it 80 yards to the house, right? And then it, that guy would only need another catch or two the rest of the game, and he would have over that. So that just shows the technique and just the awareness, everything about Chris Harris. It just shouts top 65 player. Absolutely. I mean, we see him twice a year with the Kansas City Chiefs. I don't know why I said we. The Kansas City Chiefs seem twice a year. I watched him play twice a year. The guy's good. He's a difference maker. He's the one guy that you look at in their secondary and you go, we cannot let this guy ruin the game for them. But moving on to number 60, within our top 60, Geno Atkins, defensive tackle for the Cincinnati Bengals, one of the main guys for that defense, nine sacks each of the last four years as a defensive tackle, that's pretty impressive. He could be in the argument as, what, a top seven, five defensive tackle in the NFL? For sure. But he's just the one we don't hear about. We hear about the Aaron Donalds, the Chris Jones, the Fletcher Coxes, the Yannick Ngakwes. We're not hearing about Geno Atkins. And I, I honestly want to know why, because he puts up numbers as a defensive tackle. He's consistent, and he's been the bright spot 
for that defense, which has been dealing with, it seems like, suspensions between Pacman Jones and Vontez Burfitt. But Geno Atkins is good. Let's move on to our top 59. Let me run through this list real quick. Within our 69th player, nice, Travis Frederick. 68, Mike Evans. 67, Carson Wentz. 66, DeForest Buckner. 65, Joe Mixon. 64, D. Ford. 63, T.Y. Hilton. 62, Daniel Hunter. 61, Chris Harris and Geno Atkins, the guy I just talked about, ranked at 60. Now we are heading into being within the true top 60 at 59. Who do we have ranked there? We have Harrison Smith, the safety for the Vikings. Earlier I was talking about Malcolm Jenkins having 97 tackles, and there was a safety that we were going to mention that had 100 tackles one season, and that was Harrison Smith a few years ago, which is unbelievable. And right now, just the last two seasons, he has 162 tackles, five sacks, and eight interceptions. This dude can do it all. Play in the box, play coverage. He re- he's the captain of that defense. And it's un- like what he does for them is what a quarterback, in a sense, does for some offenses. Making sure everybody's in the right spot, being able to read read a offense and make sure that everybody's in the right position. That's what Harrison Smith does. And I think that I think he is one of the most underrated players in the NFL. On the defensive side. I don't think you're wrong there. I mean, he's just on a team that everyone else, you know, this has so many other guys that people talk about. So, I mean, it makes sense. You hate to see it, but it is what it is. Another guy that we're going to go into at player 58, another defensive guy, Xavier Howard. Trisha, we have it listed here. He's the best cornerback that nobody knows about. Seven interceptions last season. It was a second-team All-Pro guy. Why is no one talking about him? We don't know, but guess what? We are here. Number 58 within our top 100. That's a pretty good spot to be. Let's head into our next guy. Trees, do you have anything you want to say about Howard? No, I think that he's our only Dolphin that made this list. I don't think that we have another one. I think, so, you're, I think you're right on this one. Yeah, on this one I think I'm right. <laughs> but no, yeah, yeah, we're right because we, we did not make Minka Fitzpatrick make this list. He was on our list. So everybody, we have a list to the side that's what, like 15-ish guys that we were just like, these guys deserve to be in it, but who do we pull out? And Minka was on that list of barely missing the cut. I think that we probably should go over that list when we're done with everything. Uh, Next episode, we should go mention like our so close but didn't make the list. But moving on to 57, it is the guy that I think has a strong possibility of winning the MVP, and that is Jared Goff. I mean, he was, I've said it multiple times, between 12 and 13 weeks of the season, he was an MVP candidate. I think that what he's doing with McVay is unbelievable. He's changing everything about that team. And with Goff, or sorry, Gurley, going to have that injury. They're not going to want to run him into the ground. They're going to they're going to rely on Goff's arm a lot more. They they really need to figure out what he's worth, right? Like he's obviously going to get paid a lot. Like he's going to get paid Wentz money. There's no doubt about that. But is it going to be just over it or are they going to say, "Hey, you're just under the tier of what Wentz is?" So you really think that they're going to pay Jared Goff? You don't think Mavey goes, "I can find another quarterback to do exactly what Goff's doing?" You don't believe in that hype? I don't believe in that hype at all. Awesome. I don't know if I do either. I want to see another year of Jared Goff doing what he's done and maybe not have so many rumors of big base telling him what to do before, you know, yeah. yada, yada, if, yada. For me, is if he does it again, that's three years in a row. At some, time, at some point, you have to respect it. Mm-hmm. it. Maybe it's just because of the way he started on, hot, on hard knocks. Yeah. I mean, he didn't know where the sun rose and where it sat and people are just like dude you're an idiot like how do you not like it rises in the east and sets in the west if you didn't know that as well listening now you do the sun rises in the east and it sets in the west and at noon it's at its highest peak you're what idiot (laughs) (laughs) roasted our number 56 ranked player this is a guy that we kind of had a hard time you know Deciding on where he truly fits within our list, but it's going to be Patrick Peterson, 56. He's always shadowing the best receiver. He does not have the stats that we are used to seeing him have, but he does shut down the opposing top threats on the offensive side of the ball for opposing teams. 
And that's what you want to see out of your corner. I mentioned that earlier with another player that we talked about within our top, I believe, 85. So Patrick Peterson being at 56, we had him higher, but then when we started really taking a deeper dive at what we have here within our 51 to 55 before we wrap up this top 50 here for you guys, or the top 50 to 100, we, I mean, we didn't have a choice but to slide him down because you're really going to see this list and you're going to go, where does Patrick Peterson fit in? Patrice, go ahead and take us away at number 55. We are at a running back from Austin will like to say San Diego, but it is the Los Angeles Chargers. My friend Devin, I'm sorry for what Austin says. That's very rude of him for not knowing that, opening up old wounds. But it's Melvin Gordon, the guy that's holding out right now. He had 1,275 total yards and 14 touchdowns in 12 games last year. That pace, he's hitting 2,000 all-purpose yards. You think, you think in your head, how is that not a top 50 player, right? But again, it comes down to injuries for me and you. He's missed three-plus games in basically every single season of his career. He just can't. Like, you need that guy to be there at all times. And you just kind of feel like he's not going to be. And he is growing, right? He he just wasn't a receiving back early in his career. And last year, he really started to take that leap, kind of like how Zeke Elliott has. Um, but we just need him to stay a little bit more healthy. And I think that at some point, if he does, we're going to have him a lot higher on this list. I'll agree with you there. I'm not about to take this next guy from you. I know we're gonna, you're going to go back to back here, but I want you to. This is what I want. Okay. Go ahead and get, get your guy here. Appreciate it. Number 54, it's Yanni Kangakwe. In three seasons, he has 29 and a half sacks. That's more than Joey Bosa. That's more than Chris Jones, guys that were in his draft class. This guy was a third-round pick. He has double-digit strip-sack fumbles. I think two years ago, he had 10 of them. He is completely underrated. He loves coming from the blind side of a of a court quarterback, and he's always he's always swiping. He he says stuff like sacks are cool, but the great the great ones cause fumbles. And that's really what he goes for. And I think that he needs to get paid here in the next couple of weeks so he can get to training camp on time. I, we've said this both before. I think him and Chris Jones are just kind of waiting on the other to get something done first and going, I want more than that guy did. Yeah, Because the there's no way you see one of them get paid and then they take class. Yeah. The difference is, Jones has Jones said that he's reporting to camp? Um, I don't think, no. No? Okay. Then I was going to say the difference is, is Yannick has said that he's not coming to camp. Until he gets paid. <laughs> Man, those Jaguar guys are pretty freaking outspoken. I'll give them that. Chris Jones, dude, he's just been punching the clock if you watch his Instagram. That dude's arms, holy shit. He's got like Allen Bailey arms right now. And Allen Bailey was a defensive lineman for the Chiefs. Not a very popular name. But they gave him the nickname the Hulk because this dude was shredded. And when you look at Chris Jones right now, he had like a tank top on or sleeves rolled up wrapping. Sorry to just get us way off topic here. Dude's arms look pretty freaking big. Pretty big. Pretty big. All right. Well, since you let me go twice, I'm going to let you go twice because the second guy is one of your guys as well here. Well, hey, I appreciate that. But number 53, um, we're only going to do two more, three more players here, including this one. Um, to wrap up our 51 through 100 players of our 100 top NFL football players for the Top Football Podcast. At 53, we have Chandler Jones, the outside line linebacker slash defensive end whatever you want to call him edge rusher for the arizona cardinals this guy has 77 sacks in seven years in 53 and a half within the last five seasons i don't know about you that's pretty damn impressive that's better than yannick and Ngakwe. that's bet excuse me that's better than geno atkins it's better than deforest buckner it's better than d ford and let me tell you something else it's better than the guy from the browns miles garrett it's better than him. So that's why we have these guys where we do. I know we're going to take slack for having Miles Garrett in 96, but he's just he's not better than the guys that we've placed in front of him, and he's not better than any of the other ones that we have remaining. And so Chandler Jones is our 53rd-ranked player. I gave you the stats why. He's a difference maker for the Cardinals. He's there, and he's making plays, and he's been paid like it for a reason. And between him and Terrell Suggs this next year for the Cardinals, their defense is also going to be pretty dang good rushing the quarterback. Now going to number 52. I'm going back-to-back back since Streets went back-to-back. Back. I appreciate you allowing me to do this. Mr. Kareem Hunt. 
He had the rushing title in his rookie year as a third-round draft pick out of the University of Toledo. We would be talking about him as one of the best running backs in the NFL a lot more if it wasn't for the off-field issues. I'm not going to disregard that. I'm not going to try and discredit what happened or ignore it. We all saw what happened. He's taken, He's received his punishment. He's accepted it. But this guy has 14 touchdowns in 11 games last year, seven of them rushing, seven of them receiving. And let's just say nothing bad happens and he's not removed from the team. The Chiefs are in discussion to have four or five of the top-ranked players in their respected position groups at one time. You could discuss Patrick Mahomes. You could discuss Kareem Hunt, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey. You go to the defensive side of the ball, Frank Clark, Honey Badger, Kyle Fuller starting to make a name for himself. Or, excuse me, Kendall Fuller starting to make a name for himself. And then also their offensive lineman, Mitchell Schwartz. I mean, that's those are some of the top guys that there's positions on one team. And Kareem Hunt deserves to be here at number 52 because that guy is a stud and the Browns are about to have a deadly backfield next year. I mean, what more can I say? You kind of just took everything. So I'm with you. And again, if it wasn't for the off-field stuff and getting cut and moving to the Browns, he would probably be higher. And honestly, if he had not been picked up on the, by the Browns, he would not be on our list. That's how different it could be. So that's where we're at there. And our last guy today is Ryan Ramzik, the offensive lineman for the New Orleans Saints. He is one of the, I think he probably is their best offensive lineman for one of the best offensives in the league. And he was a first round pick a few years ago. He has really solidified that offensive line on where, how they move and everything. So we're not going to disrespect offensive linemen here. And he is going to round out our top 51, I guess. So should we go over these last 10 real quick? Yep. Do you want to do it or do you want me to? I can hurry and handle it. Go ahead. So 59, we got Harrison Smith. 58, we have Xavier Howard. 57, we have Jared Goff. 56, we have Patrick Peterson. 55, we have Melvin Gordon. 54, we have Yannick Ngakwe. 53, we have Chandler Jones. 52, we have Kareem Hunt. And then 51, we have Ryan Ramsey. There you go, everybody. Talking footballs, 100 through 51 top NFL players. Oh, numbers are hard, dude. Just shit. There's our top 50 players from 100 to the 51. We think it equals 50. We don't know. 49. Forget about it. You understand what we're trying to say. Next episode, which will come out next Tuesday, you can hear our 50 through number one top-ranked players in the NFL, and we are excited for it. We still got to get that list organized because it was hard enough getting 51 through 100. Let's just see how many arguments and fights and screaming matches you and I end up in this next week. But I'm excited for it, and I'm going to save my voice for the weekend just to rip into you next time. I can't wait. We really will get in some arguments. I mean, we already were just briefly talking about it. I was like, I don't know, man. I don't think that guy's that high. (laughs) Um, The stats of this guy is a lot better. (laughs) I I don't know, Jim. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) So... It's going to be fun, dude. I'm super excited for it. And everybody, we appreciate you guys tuning in. Again, football is right around the corner. We're talking about a few more ideas that we want to get done before training camp actually starts because eventually we're going to just have a whole bunch of news. So if we want to do any more fun segments, the next couple episodes, what, next three episodes are what we need to get them done by because after that, it's training camp mode. Well, even honestly sooner than that because rookies and quarterbacks report in what, a week and a half? Bro, dude, the guys that play in the uh, Hall of Fame game reported today and tomorrow. I mean, shit. Yeah. Football's back, baby. Let's we, go. We Let's have, go. We have a preseason game. You guys will be listening to this tomorrow if you listen to it the day it comes out. So on Thursday the 18th means two weeks until our first preseason game. Let's go. Can't wait. Dude, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. And that also means a new Madden's coming out. Yeah. So that's a new game for me to yell at. Yeah. Because I'm tired of yelling at Mad 19, dude. I'm sick of it. I'm freaking done. I can't wait to play you again. And you just be like, okay, Trees. Okay. You pick that one off too? Yeah, because you're throwing it right at my guys. It's not that hard. It's He's already crossed his face. He's <laughs> already five yards past him. What the hell? 
I mean, we got our top 100 shows that this defense of the Jets. Oh, shut up. Pretty, pretty <laughs> athletic. Here we go. Here we go. All right. All right. We again, we appreciate all you guys tuning in. We appreciate all the love, all the feedback that you guys give us. We we really do take it to heart. And tonight we've been talking football.